Welcome to the VBPH Sermon Podcast, a ministry of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. All this week, for both our free and premium subscribers, we are featuring messages from the 2023 Bible Conference in Perth, Australia. The conference theme, Taking the Gospel into the Nations. As always, thanks for listening and enjoy today's sermon. I appreciate the invitation and the honor of being here, and uh, let's believe God, amen. I believe God has some good things for us tonight. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 23. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 23. I heard a story about a sailor. He was shipwrecked on one of the South Sea Islands. He was seized by the locals hoisted to their shoulders and carried to the village and set on a rude throne. Little by little, he learned that it was their custom once a year to make one man king, king for a year. He kind of liked that. He was going to be the king for a whole year until he began to wonder what happened to all the former kings. And then he discovered that every year when the current kingship had expired, that king was banished to a barren island nearby where he starved to death. So this sailor didn't like that, but he was smart and he was king. He was king for a year. So he put his carpenters to work making boats He took skilled laborers over to this island and he began to till the soil. Took farmers there to sow seed. They transplanted fruit trees. They got some masons, brought them over there. They began to construct buildings and houses. So that in a year when his kingship was over, he was sent not to a barren island, but to an island of abundance. World Evangelism Night. I want to talk about our future. And I want to talk about as people of faith and as people of the kingdom, we also have to think about our future because we're stewards. And we do not have forever to steward the resources, the opportunities, the time, And all that God would place into our hands, we need to behave wisely. And in the context of World Evangelism Night, I want to preach a sermon I've called Securing Your Future. And there's a profound portion of scripture out of the life of Abraham that I want to borrow from. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 23, verse 1 through 9. It says, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. So Sarah died in Kirjath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham stood up from before his dead and spoke to the sons of Heth, saying, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. Give me property for a burial place among you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the sons of Heth answered Abraham, saying to him, Hear us, my lord. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest 
of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place that you may bury your dead. Then Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, the sons of Heth, and he spoke to them saying, if it is your wish that I bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and meet with me this Ephraim, the son of Zohar for me, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he has, which is at the end of his field. Let him give it to me at the full price as property for a burial place among you. Securing your future. I'm going to look first of all at strangers in a strange land. The setting of our text is not unfamiliar to most Bible readers or Bible students. Abraham had but obeyed God. He left his homeland. He traveled to this land of Canaan. And God promised him he's going to give this land to Abraham and his descendants. So Abraham has lived in Canaan for many years now. God has come through and giving, given him the promised son. And Sarah has now passed away. And we're picking up in our text the account of Abraham negotiating for property upon which to bury his wife. And he says in verse 4, I am a foreigner and a visitor among you. And I want to talk about that because this reality is experienced in some degree by all those who put faith in God. This is a theme. This is a, a picture of what it means to live a life of faith here on earth and believing God and taking him at his word plus contending for and securing our inheritance in God. Hebrews 11, 8 through 10, as a lesson of faith to New Testament believers, says, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place where he would receive an inheritance. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 13 and 14, these all died in faith and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Can I tell you that we are strangers and pilgrims in the earth. We are sojourners. And not unlike Abraham, the father of our faith, we have to travel through this life of faith. Jesus said in John 14, in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. The Bible says Abraham looked for a city whose foundations God had laid. In John 17, 15, Jesus prayed to the Father, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world as I am not of the world. So you and I have decided to obey God. We are different. Can you say amen? We are in the world. We are not of the world. We're strangers. And we're passing through and we are called to believe God. And, and the Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. One day God is going to come back and set up his kingdom. But right now, our job is to bear witness to Christ and to establish his kingdom in a spiritual sense. And we're going to look forward to a future reality where there's going to be a better and a clear fulfillment of God's promise. And 1 Peter 2 and 11, Peter picks this up. He says, Beloved, I beg you 
as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. So as we're here, we have decisions to make. We have priorities to set. We have to decide what we're going to give ourselves to. And this involves times of testing and struggle. There's temptation. There's a promise of a future home, a future blessing, and a future reward. So I'm going to look secondly then at spending wisely. This is a fascinating portion of scripture. This is a record of Abraham purchasing land in Canaan. He's making a real estate purchase. And I, I looked and I searched and I, I, I am led to believe this is the oldest historical record of such a deal in human history. I hadn't, I hadn't found one older than this. This, this real estate purchase is 3,800 years old. 1800 years before Christ. It's an ancient, it's a primitive society. And what we see here is a principle that we call private property. We take this for granted. In Western civilization, much of what we understand about this is borrowed and learned from the Hebrews. And this portion of scripture is profound. Here is a real estate purchase it is not unlike a, 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 a transaction that would take place in 2023. It has to do with the safeguarding of survey, of boundaries, recording, and witnesses, and a title deed. And in our setting, Abraham has a strategy. He understands what's happening here. This this wasn't exactly choreographed, but he, 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 he knew what was happening here. He is a stranger in a strange land in the physical sense, but spiritually God said, I'm giving you this land. And his wife passes away, and he appeals to the inhabitants of the land to sell him a field and a cave for a tomb. In verse 6, you can follow this through says, hear us, my Lord, you are a mighty prince. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold you his burial place. In other words, they said, Abraham, we know you. You're familiar to us. You can choose any one of our tombs. We will allow you to place the dead body of your wife there. Verse 8 and 9 he insists, he spoke to them, if it's your wish that I bury my dead, meet with Ephron, the son of Zohar, for me, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which is at the end of his field. I will give it to him for full price. He wants to buy this. He says, I want a possession. Verse 11 Again, Ephron, you know, he's going through the motions. No, my Lord, hear me. I give you the field and all that is in it. I give it to you. Bury your dead. Verse 13, again, Abraham insists to pay. And verse 15, Ephron names his price. Abraham agrees. And then look, look at verse 17 and 18. So the field of Ephron, which was in Machpelah, which was before Mamre in the field and the cave that was in it, and all the trees that were in the field, which were within the surrounding borders, were deeded to Abraham. 
as a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth before all who went in at the gate of the city. That is one of the most profound scriptures in all the word of God. This land was surveyed. It was described. It was recorded at the county. The city gate, that would have been their form of city government. And it had a title deed. It had witnesses. And so it's been puzzled over why did Abraham insist on buying land in the very place God had promised to give him? One commentator said, it is difficult to appreciate how much this must have meant to Abraham. His wife was not buried in a foreign land, but in a land which belonged to him, which he held in possession. And note how this was stressed. Now he and his descendants will possess the land, their own land, until the final promise of Yahweh is fulfilled. He's the father of our faith. We need to pay attention to this. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations as an inheritance. Can you say amen? amen? The meek shall inherit the earth. But Abraham said, I'm buying in. I'm not going to wait. I'm buying in. Another comment. It was a significant purchase for several reasons. In a world that was effectively owned and operated by tribes of men who were in complete rebellion to God... Here was one man of faith who finally took ownership of such a small piece of land. Also, the land of Canaan had already been promised to Abraham and his descendants. So the purchase of the cave of Machpelah was a small advance on the promise of the land. By faith, Abraham was sinking his roots in the land, still confident that God would one day provide his descendants with the rest of the land of Canaan. I remember Pastor Mitchell preaching on this portion of scripture decades ago. And I remember him saying, Abraham was not after a burial plot. Abraham wanted a possession. And this possession came with a title deed. And I want you to hold that thought. Abraham knew that if he took them up on their goodwill offer, it would provide no future rights. This purchase was an act of great faith and a powerful example how to really live by faith. Real faith has a price tag. See, world evangelism has a price tag. To answer the call of God to go into all the world. How many of you know the gospel's free? But it, you have to pay a price to pick up the cross. To do this, you have to buy in. And Abraham demonstrated so powerfully that he was willing to buy in to this vision. Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which when a man found and hid and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The gospel's free. But I want to tell you something. Destiny and vision costs everything you have. Because it's worth. It's worth everything. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. 
who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Have you bought in? Because the world is before us. Our salvation is so valuable, God had to give it to us. Right? There's no way you can earn it. You can't earn this. You can't pay for this. You can't work off your sins. Good luck with that. You, you, there's no way you're ever going to deserve heaven. There's no way you're ever going to pay God back. He had to give it to us because it is so valuable. But in order for us to secure possession of the kingdom and our destiny, we must be willing to pay any price to make it our own. World Evangelism Night, you have to buy in. To, 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 to obtain what, what we feel tonight, I, I'm, I'm telling you something. Before service started, I thought, this is phenomenal. The energy, the joy of the Holy Spirit. There's been a spiritual dimension to this conference, and I'm sure that's added to this. But there's something about World Evangelism Night. There's something about this that's extremely important to God and extremely pleasing to God. You got to buy in. And it may mean repenting of some lifestyle choices, repenting of sin, repenting of wrong priorities. It may mean picking up your cross and surrendering to God's will for your life instead of your will for your life. You got to buy in. You might have to make a stand with some relationships. You might have to break some relationships. Decisions to relocate, to obey God, or to send, and to give, and to prioritize. These are decisions that we have to make about how we will spend our lives to secure our future. So I'm going to close quickly then with the blessing of the title deed. Because this is where this is, gets really powerful. The, the amazing story. This, not only did this provide a foundation for the concept of private property in Western civilization. You know, that is the very engine of prosperity. This is why communism will never work. Marxist, the Marxist view is that all land is commonly held by the state. That brings poverty. It's superior to the tribal ownership view of the reservation that can only be leased. And there's a large, that's a large reason why these, these experiments do not prosper. It's, it's amazing to see the difference between the power of the title deed and, and, and this other view. This is, this is revelation from God. But these principles, I, I want to... I want you to think about this. These principles are still the foundation of our understanding today. This is quite sophisticated for 800 BC. One man recently brought, bought a property and the seller granted an easement at the corner, the north corner of the property that crossed remaining land and then to the west into a park just to the northwest. The realtor warned the buyer. He said, you need to make sure that easement 
is recorded, notarized, and in the file at the county. He said, I've been in this business long enough to know where I've seen easements, which is permission to, to leave the boundary of his property to the north and go west across the, the seller's remaining property into this park. He said, I've been doing this long enough to see that these things are later denied to the children or to those who buy the land later and the man who was buying the property went back and forth with the title company and the seller, back and forth, the wording, the wording, until finally they settled on this, as well as the description of the boundaries and everything like you would expect. It had this statement on the title deed, this easement shall bind and benefit the parties and their heirs and assigns. That's, that's legalese, but I want you to get your head around that. This is recorded on the title that it benefits and binds both parties and their heirs, their children, and their assigns, meaning anybody they sell this piece of property to, it's forever. It's forever. When Abraham bought this piece of property, this became a possession right in the heart of the, the promised land forever. It was a great blessing to him. It gave him legal access to and from his property across a foreign country or nation or you know, property. The ownership was passed on to Abraham's son, grandson, and descendants forever. Abraham ultimately was buried there. Isaac was buried there. Rebecca was buried there. Jacob and Leah were buried there. And eventually when God gave the land to the children of Israel and delivered them from slavery, you look it up, the cave of Machpelah is virtually in the center of the promised land. And he drove a stake right in the middle of God's promise and said, I want a title deed. That's powerful. And to this day, to this day, that, that cave is still there. One commentator, one historian said, it's the only place in Israel and Palestine that even the Arabs cannot claim was stolen from them. Because he's got a title deed. I want to tell you that this transfers to World Evangelism Night. For you and I, there's also a great blessing to this truth. Because the book of Hebrews is the great chapter of faith. And I want you to, to look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Some translations of this. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Are you ready for this one? Faith is the title deed of the things that we hope for being proof of those things which are invisible. Faith is our title deed. When we are born again and our names are written in heaven 
We become children of Abraham by faith and the curses are broken. And the Bible says the blessing of Abraham becomes ours through faith. It is our title deed. We have a title deed. We put it right in the devil's face. So you cannot curse me anymore. You cannot hold me anymore. You cannot condemn me anymore. I have a title deed. And I'm the owner of this salvation. When we obey God's plan of economy. And we honor the Lord with our tithe. And God said, you can prove me. He says, here's the deal. You honor me with the tithe and the offering and you prove me if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you can't even receive. That's, that's called a more than enough blessing. He said, prove me. Why? Because I got a title deed. I got it right here. Signed, sealed, and delivered, God. You said it's legal. I have a legal document that says because I honor you in your economy you are going to provide more than enough for every good work. I have a title deed. As followers of Christ, he says, whatever you ask in my name, it will be done. You know, you know that is another ancient form of legal power of attorney. You, you study that. In my name. In the Old Testament, the kings, they would have a ring. And it was their signature ring. It was called the signet ring. That's what you know, the Pharaoh took off and, and gave to, to Joseph when he put him in charge. He said, you just order whatever you want. You just give any command you want. You sign it with my signet ring. They would, they would take that and press it into wax or they would even a form of ink and they would ink documents with that. And that's what Jesus gave. He gave us his ring. He said, look, you, you, you do business. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Whatever you ask for in my name, the keys to the kingdom, he, we, we got a title deed. Amen. So the devil says, what do you think you're doing? Hey, out of, your way, out of my way, bozo. I have, the, I have the keys here, man. You know, when you got the keys, you can come and go. Right? I, I'm, I'm going into the storehouse. I'm requisitioning. I need this, 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 and this. Get out of my way, son. I have authority. It's a legal document. Faith is the title deed. Say, so who do you think you are? I happen to own a title deed. That's who I think I am. Who are you? I know you. This is the, this is the power of this scripture is Abraham knew exactly what he was doing. He had the promise, but he needed, he wanted a title deed. The Bible says we are the children of Abraham by faith. And we have this, this, this right. We have this dominion. Listen, when we invest in the kingdom, let's just assume the tithe, okay? Well, I assume everybody in here is right with God and is not stealing from the king. Can we just say amen to that? Amen. Let's just set that aside, right? That's the ABCs of God's economy. Until you, until you pay your tithe, you're, you're, not, you're not even being generous paying your tithe. That's God's. But the Bible says the offering, that is, an, that is a whole, whole different dynamic. When you invest, see, what are you going to invest in? What are you willing to pay full price for? 
When you invest in outreach, when you invest in world evangelism, when you invest in missionaries, I believe this is what Jesus means when he says, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. You're securing your future. You're investing in the nations. How powerful was that? The national leader of Zambia is a convert of one of your churches. You have a title deed to that nation. Every person that ever gave, every person that made an investment in those missionaries, you have a title deed to that nation. Because you were willing to pay. You bought in. This is what I believe Jesus means when he says, I say unto you, make friends for yourselves by the unrighteous mammon. He's not saying be unrighteous. If you read that parable, it's a profound parable. He's, got, he's not advocating anything unrighteous. He's just saying, you know, this money, this filthy lucre, you know, this, 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 you know, the, the money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. But it, it, it can be filthy. It can be dirty. And it's, it is what it is. And we have to function. And we're, we, you know, Abraham, he paid, he paid silver for this. They weighed it out, man. This is all happening in real time. Jesus said, you need to, you need to view this money that, that comes passing through your account and your hands. He says, you need to make some friends with that. What kind of friends? Eternal friends. He said that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. That, that means something. Have you, have you ever come to terms with what you think that means? That means something. Eternal investments. See, what we're going to do tonight is powerful. This, 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 this fellowship of churches has an amazing heritage. That's what we're feeling. I don't know what you felt, but even before service started, I felt, man, this is alive. This is electric. That's the Holy Ghost. That's God getting really excited about what's already happened, but what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen tonight? You're going to have an opportunity to buy in. I mean, obviously, there's going to be people that are going. And obviously, there are going to be some pastors that are going... We're sending. <laughs> but everybody, everybody gets a piece of this action. Everybody that wants to. You want another title deed? I do. Because there's something about buying in. There's something about paying full price. There's something about what Abraham did that applies profoundly tonight. And I believe when we do the will of God, we have a title deed. And that is binding on the parties and their heirs and their assigns. Think about that. Your children, your children's children, your spiritual children, Pastor. Your disciples' disciples. This is profoundly contagious. This is profoundly 
rich in inheritance. Buy the truth and do not sell it. You got to buy in. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Proverbs 23, 23, one translation. Truth, wisdom, learning, and good sense. These are worth paying for and too valuable for you to sell. Securing your future. I'd like every head bowed, every eye closed. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.